people get scream boxes and they get just a box. <laughs> yeah, and you cut a hole in it and you can scream in it and Speaking it Speaking of which, it. don't use the one that Justin Timberlake and Andy Samberg have used <laughs> oh, for no! another purpose. Stop! Oh. <laughs> it's my scream in a box. <laughs> it's my scream in a box, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hello there, and welcome to yet another edition of Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. She, of course, a licensed mental health professional, and I, a decades-long patient, on that couch, getting all kinds of advice and causing her all kinds of headaches, <laughs> all for your entertainment. How about that, deal, Courtney? How about that? But yes, you've been on that journey, and I think that you've learned a lot, and I think that's great that you want to share that with people, you know, your and, perspective. Yeah. I think I have pretty good perception of myself Mm -hmm. and perspective on some of my issues. Mm -hmm. And in 2020, this is something I think we can all relate to, dealing with and accepting reality. For Mm -hmm. as much as we like to think that we are in control, sometimes other people are in control of your happiness, Mm -hmm. whether you want to admit it or not. And as my brother has said many times, and I bring it up all the time, his favorite phrase and observation is, other people ruin everything. (laughs) Now, the decision that you have to make is how much power you're going to allow for that to have over you. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you really have no choice. Now, I think it can even start in the schoolyard. Mm -hmm. If you have that bully where every day you're afraid to go into school because you know there is going to be a confrontation, maybe your lunch is going to be stolen, Mm -hmm. Maybe you're going to catch a beating on the playground, even more complicated in this day and age with social media. That's Mm -hmm. somebody who has power over you, and how you handle that can get kind of tricky. I remember one time there was a bully who would steal my lunch on the bus every day. Mm. So I went home and I told my dad. My dad said, oh, really? Well, I'll take care of this. So what he did was he wrote a very stern note that he placed in my lunchbox telling the kid to knock it off or there would be consequences. At which point I went on the bus, he opened up the lunchbox, he saw the note, and what he did was he picked up my sandwich and ate it and then he made me eat the note. (laughs) So again, for as much as you try to control some of these things, there's only so much that you can do. Then as you get older, Look, I've been through a divorce. Mm -hmm. My first marriage at the time, even though it worked out for the best, I wasn't a willing participant. I did not want the marriage to end. Unfortunately, in that situation, it's a 50-50 proposition, and sometimes it's Mm 75-25. And she just said, I don't care what you want. I can't do this anymore. So in that way, she had control over my happiness. Mm -hmm. If you have a bad boss, if you have a boss who is abusing you, not appreciating you, Mm -hmm. preventing you from getting promotions, preventing you from getting raises and things of that nature, and you can't find another job to save your life, especially in 2020, where people are losing jobs, never mind getting new jobs, that's another area in Mm -hmm. which people have control over you. So, Courtney, this is my coping mechanism, and this is going to be the driving force behind what we discussed today. Here's my perspective on it. I can't wait to get yours and hear your advice. I'm dealing with it in that I'm functioning, but I don't know that I'm processing it in the best possible way. Mm -hmm. My wife and I have this conversation all the time. She's having a very difficult 2020 as well. Her Mm -hmm. job got eliminated. As I mentioned, that whole thing. My mom has passed from Mm COVID-19. My dad got it. 
Eddie Van Halen died, as I keep mm-hmm. talking about, who was a childhood hero of mine. And whenever she starts complaining to me about whatever financial issues we're having, I just say, look, we have no control over it. And to be honest with you, I'm kind of beaten down by all of it, mm-hmm. but I just have to accept it whether I like it or not. And as opposed to me having hope, I say, the older I get, there is an absence of hope because I don't see signs that this is going to improve. Things are on the upswing, Mm COVID-19-wise. That might keep her from getting another job. That might keep me from being happy or having certain opportunities. Mm -hmm. And look, we're getting older. And having one of our four parents die for the first time, I tell her, I hate to tell you, but there's three more on the table here. Mm -hmm. And all of us aren't getting any younger. Mm -hmm. So that's the form of acceptance that I have. I wish I could be a little bit more optimistic and sunshiny about it, but I always say I tend to be what I perceive to be more of a realist, Mm -hmm. maybe to gird myself and what I think I'm doing is preparing myself for the inevitable. As a therapist, I walk into your office, I lay down on the couch, what do you say to that? <laughs> oh, thank you, Brian. Good luck. <laughs> He's like, okay, now. Time I'm going to time money. you. Yeah, exactly. So the first thing I would do, of course, is validate that because you have had a tremendously difficult year. There's been so many things going on. And of course, that would be the starting point is like, okay, let's talk about this. Let me validate that for you and acknowledge and make sure you're acknowledging that and the toll that it's taking on you. This is a process. It's important. You mentioned a few things in that that I wanted to address. One of the things is saying that you have acceptance. You're saying whether or not I like this, I have to accept this. Mm -hmm. And that is something that we talk about in therapy, radical acceptance, where you accept reality, because guess what? Reality only wins 100% of the time. (laughs) I'll say that again. Reality only wins 100% of the time. So if we deny reality, we are actually causing ourselves more suffering on top of it. So we're already suffering for all the things that are happening. But then if we have this other part where it's like, this shouldn't happen, this isn't fair, why is this happening? And we stay in that part for too long, we're going to have even more anxiety and suffering because of that, because we're causing suffering in fighting reality. So yes, we do have to have that acceptance. It is ideal to have more of that acceptance. But the other thing, though, is you did mention hope. And I want to say that that's a very important ingredient to have. And I would advise people who don't feel like they have a lot of hope that maybe therapy can help with that. Because what we will do, and I'll tell clients, I will hold the hope until you can take it from me. Because you need to have that person in your life who is helping you to have more hope that gives you some of that boost of it's going to be okay and let's try to figure this out and see what you do have control over. That's a lot of what I talk about in therapy right now is focusing on what you do have control over because there's so many things like you mentioned that we don't have control over. But if we do start to take it from that assumption that we do have some control over certain things and that we can accept what's happening and then from there it can free up some of that energy of that resistance energy so that we can focus it on what do we do from here. And right now, Brian, sometimes we do nothing, right? Sometimes we have to be the log Mm -hmm. and we just have to sit with it. We just have to kind of roll with it. I'm the bump on that log. (laughs) And that's the thing. And not to be expected to be like, okay, you need to rally. No, maybe you don't. Maybe right now you need to process it in small bits the way that you are because it's too overwhelming to take it all in and you still have to function and come to work in the morning. The best way that I can describe my current mental state is this. I feel like I've conquered depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. They're not getting the best of me no matter how much you're throwing at me Mm -hmm. right now. 
But what it has done is it has made me kind of numb mm-hmm. and it has formed this exterior hard shell. Right. And the best way that I can describe it in another way is, and I say this to my wife all the time, I'm not living I'm existing. Mm -hmm. I just kind of feel like a machine that's running the way that it's supposed to run, but I'm not shifting up to the next level and I almost have no ability to. What I'm saying in terms of hope, and I know how important that is, why I'm lacking that is, look, we're draining savings right now, Mm -hmm. and this isn't the first time in my life that I've had to do that. Retirement is just looking like a word that is not going to be in our vocabulary. Mm -hmm. And sometimes hope can come in the form of, hey, let's take that dream vacation. Right. Who's taken dream vacations nowadays where people are afraid to get onto airplanes? Secondly, if we don't have money for retirement, we don't have money for that. Mm -hmm. We have very few places that we can go in terms of trying to stay safe. And we are because I've already lost a loved one to Mm COVID-19. And this is why I'm just existing because as I look around and even all of our parents, all four of them, Mm -hmm. they had this idea. They had hope for what their golden years were going to be. And increasingly, as I'm getting older, I'm having an awareness that the golden years thing Mm. might be kind of a myth because, first of all, things are a lot more complicated for our generation now. There aren't things like pensions that Mm -hmm. my parents had. But never mind all of that. I see so many couples where one of them has passed away. One of them is debilitated physically, Mm -hmm. so they don't have any way to get this done. And I look at my poor dad, who, I mean, this guy lost his wife of 51 years to COVID-19, had it himself, is in an assisted living facility. Mm -hmm. People can't visit with him. He is just sitting there every day inside his Mm -hmm. own head, so alone, under no circumstances would he have ever considered this to be what his golden years would ultimately be. Mm -hmm. And I can't sit here and tell you, no matter how much therapy I've had, that that's not going to leave a mark of some kind. Right, of course. And that's the thing. This is the reality. There's so much sadness and deep sadness and pain right now. But I would like to just back up when you had said that you're feeling like you're not living, you're existing. Mm -hmm. So how would you picture that to be then? What defines that as far as living? If you were to, quote unquote, live more, what would that look like for your life? I would get out from under this thing. And this is a problem that I have to work through because to give myself purpose, I throw myself into my work. Mm -hmm. If I don't have things that are going to allow for me to have that release, i.e. I can't go to a sporting event, Mm i.e. I can't go to a concert, i.e. I'm too afraid to go to a bar, i.e. I can't take that dream vacation. I'm just like, well, if I'm going to sit here, I'm going to get inside my head and I'm only going to make it worse. I wish I had all of those other things. I Mm. wish I didn't have to worry about my finances. I wish there was just somewhere where that pressure valve had a release and I don't feel like I have one. Mm -hmm. And looking forward with everything that's going on pandemic wise, I don't see it coming. Mm. And when I look at my parents' life now, and I wasn't aware when they were my age that they were going through a lot of the similar things that I'm going through right Mm -hmm. now. Back when they were that age, same thing. So what about their experience now? Am I supposed to say, oh, yeah, that's not going to happen to me? Mm. Of course the odds are that some form of that is going to happen to me. I wish that I could somehow find a way out of that hole. I wish I could make that climb. Mm -hmm. We have used the analogy before where you keep getting hit by waves waves. that drive you further down. And I feel like I'm pretty far down right now. 
there really isn't a life preserver that anyone can throw at me or that I can even find at this mm-hmm. point. Well, and that's the thing. Sometimes when people are in that place where there's a lot of kind of projecting into the future, being worried about a lot of things in the future, which of course is justified, but we also have to think about what is going to make us feel more happy, more contented in the present. So sometimes for clients, I will tell them, if you can pick up some of that baggage and leave it, just put it in the chair next to us. And then what is it that you can focus on in the moment and staying present and being more mindful of what you do have and what you could connect to that could give you a little bit of relief right now? And in conquering some of that anxiety, we do have some small areas, Mm -hmm. but unfortunately they are small. Mm Mm-hmm. We take hikes in nature when we have yeah. time, and you and I have Which is talked awesome. about yeah. that. Yeah. In terms of the departure from this planet of Edward Van Halen, I have kind of dove back into mm. listening to a lot of their music when I have time. But right. I also feel a lot of pressure as the sole breadwinner in the house mm-hmm. right now of to really double down on my job, because if this thing goes away, mm-hmm. oh my God. So there is that, but there's really only so much time for those kinds of things. Mm. I've been reading a little bit more. And another thing that I've been trying to do in terms of self-care, you and I have not discussed this on the microphone, but you have seen it from me. I've been telling you about it. I'm trying to go to bed a lot earlier. Mm. I'm trying to say, you know what? That's enough work for one Mm -hmm. day. And that's been the problem, Courtney. You Mm -hmm. know, we get up, we do a morning radio show Mm -hmm. very, very early. And there would be nights where I'd be up to one, two in the morning obsessing because I'm really hard on myself. Mm -hmm. We've talked about that too in past episodes, my competitive nature, striving and wanting to be the best all the Mm -hmm. time. I found a way to try to put a limit on that to good. my credit. That's and really good. Brian, I want to acknowledge you for that. That's huge. Of the baby yeah. steps that you have mm-hmm. to take. And also, too, as things were really getting bad with my mom, with my wife's job situation, and with Eddie Van Halen, I was leaning on alcohol a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I've really been trying to push that away because mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a slippery slope yeah. that I don't want to go down. Mm-hmm. So. I'm taking steps, but even with all of that having been said, the things that I really need, mm-hmm. or at least my perception of them, to pull me out of this, mm-hmm. boy, do they seem elusive right now. Right. And I think that you have that in common with the rest of us, too, because that's the thing right now. We don't have the same things that we used to have to be able to kind of let off those steam comforts. and have exactly and have fun. Those concerts and, oh, my gosh, all these fun things that we were able to do. So now, again, this is a big theme in therapy. I was just talking to a client yesterday who's just about had enough of these Zoom meetings mm-hmm. and not being face-to-face with people. People really enjoy having that As he's that doing telehealth on right. Zoom with exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> he's really frustrated. And I, and I get it. I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so true. We were talking about, just like how everybody's been saying, this is a marathon, not a sprint. So we have to figure out ways, constantly, always trying to figure out ways to help ourselves to cope better and have that self-care. And speaking of other people having control, when I'm out and about and I see that person without a mask, I'm like, mm. you are why this is not going away. When I'm going to drive by that home on Thanksgiving and I see 40 cars parked on the street, Mm -hmm. I'm like, what hope do we have? I can do everything that I want Mm -hmm. to try to prevent this from happening, but I can't control this moron. Exactly. And that's one of the things, too, when we talk about, okay, how do we accept reality? There's always going to be people who are going to be doing the opposite of what we would like them to do. Very, very difficult, especially with the consequences that are happening right now. But in DBT, we talk about this turn your mind, looking at that other perspective. And for people who don't know what DBT is, Mm -hmm. 
Tell oh, them what it is. Oh, it's dialectical behavioral therapy. Okay. And there's a lot of great concepts in it. So if people even just Google DBT, there's so many different things. Distress tolerance. When you're having a lot of distress and you're having a hard time dealing with it, there's a lot of techniques around grounding and staying present, staying mindful. And also radical acceptance is part of this. Turning your mind, you are able to start to see what you need to accept and asking yourself, do I have that willingness? So you may say, okay, I accept it, but am I willing to look at other perspectives? And this can really help you in stopping to fight reality and really accepting where you do have control, what you can do, and letting go of some of the other things. Because when we hold on to that at the same time, it's detriment to our happiness. And you want to talk about something else, another wrench to throw into the works Mm -hmm. in 2020, as if things aren't complicated enough. And I try to put enough distance between this and myself because I'm just so jaded on this front a presidential election Mm -hmm. and the realization you want to talk about somebody having control over your happiness. If the candidate that you want doesn't win Mm -hmm. to you four years of, oh, my God, Mm -hmm. what is going to happen? That also further complicates matters. And maybe you should prepare people for that. Right, right. And that's the thing. It's like, okay, talk about that with the people around you, with yourself. Really think on that. What do I need to do to prepare myself? What do I need to do to have some downtime, some self-care? What's the real estate situation? Yeah, some people are saying that. A lot of times people think about this, but they don't think about it until after the crisis is here. Mm -hmm. Let's think about what we need to do before that in anticipation of maybe the crisis won't come, but let's have our supports around us. Let's have maybe fun things that we can plan to look forward to. Here's the fine line, though, when it comes to something like that. We talk about anxiety and we talk mm-hmm. about things like fortune telling where yes. you're putting yourself in the future, in the future. Yeah. and you're not focusing as much on the present. Mm-hmm. How do you delineate between, between the two them. and find balance there, Courtney? Well, what I'll tell people is worry once, worry well. So worry is not always a bad thing, right? Because worry can help you to prepare for what you need to do to make a situation better. So if you're worried about something, that means that you're not prepared in some kind of way. Now, sometimes we can't do everything to prepare for that and worrying endlessly is not going to help us to change any situation and it's going to create more anxiety. But when we say worry once, worry well, I tell people, okay, sit down with a notebook, worry really hard for 20 minutes. The irony of this is when you make people worry, (laughs) they get bored with it. (laughs) They're like, I don't feel like sitting here and worrying. But I tell people, worry for 20 minutes, write down a plan. That's what worry is good for. What you need to do to prepare, do what you need to do to prepare and then look at it and say, is there anything else I can do. Usually, no, you can only do these certain steps and then you have to let it go. You put it to the side. And that's what I would advise people to do if they anticipate something that's coming and say, what is my intention? Setting an intention of something that you can control, looking at maybe three things that I can do to get some support around this, to get a release. I did also tell another client about the primal scream therapy. So that's a whole thing (laughs) that right now this is a big thing. People can go out to certain places. They have it in other countries where they can just go out and pay some money and go scream at the top of the hilltops. This can be very therapeutic as a release. Actually, Brian, maybe you can try that. <laughs> Primal scream therapy for your weekend. I'm not <laughs> paying to scream. No, no. This you is why you... I live in the woods so I can scream exactly. and nobody can hear it. You don't have to pay for it. And the other thing is people get scream boxes and they get just a box. Yeah, and you stuff newspaper and cut a hole in it and you can scream in it and Speaking it Speaking of which, it. don't use the one that Justin Timberlake and Andy Sandberg have used <laughs> oh, for no! another purpose. Stop! Oh, God. <laughs> not sanitary. <laughs> During a that's pandemic, not the, that's to not say the, the least. No, that's not the one. Oh my gosh, Brian. Well, um, let me try but, to 
ground this and bring it back full circle. Courtney, we're talking about other people and the control that they have over you. So let's just say you have me here. I'm struggling to figure this all out. I have a wife who comes home and she's just like, I don't get what's wrong with you, which affects her Mm -hmm. happiness, which puts me in a position where I'm not purposefully controlling her state of mind. But I'm kind of doing it peripherally. Mm -hmm. For people who are being influenced by that person close in your life, who maybe you're not as down as much as they are, Mm -hmm. but by extension, they're dragging you down. Mm. What's your advice for that person to avoid allowing that to control your life and your well-being? Right. Well, in those cases, we talk about limit setting, having some boundaries on that and allowing for, okay, Brian, you may need some downtime where you're just kind of like doing certain things you don't want to be having other people around and maybe say if Carla's saying that you might be bringing her down or something you agree that you don't talk for a certain amount of time like a certain amount of time in the afternoon she does her thing you do your thing maybe you also agree to have dinner together and talk about what you're grateful for or what went well in the day what's something that you can say hey I'm really proud of today that's another way to kind of shift your mind away from all the negative and the darkness that's going on right now is to really kind of prime your brain to think about the things that are going well so you can do something like that I also say to people you can't get everything from one person. So don't try to expect to do that. Your significant other can give you lots of things, but maybe they're not the one you go to when you want happiness and (laughs) happy conversation about something in particular. Maybe there's certain things they have opinions about and they're not going to change them. So really look to other people for other things. You don't have to get all of your needs met with one person. And I think one way I can use this anecdotally that we deal with this, whenever my wife sees me quiet and Mm. down, it triggers her in this way. Mm -hmm. She has some self-esteem issues and insecurity Mm -hmm. and immediately she thinks that I'm having an issue with her to which I say one of the only things that I don't have an issue with right now is you. Mm -hmm. You are the thing that I am most thankful for. So please don't put this on yourself and realize that this is all coming from another place Mm -hmm. and it's me stressing out over what I want and what I perceive to be the best for the two of us and basically Based on what Courtney has told me, I think it might be this. It's my scream in a box. It's my scream in a box, girl. <laughs> you definitely need some screaming. Uh, get and that some singing out. lessons. And Carla would be like, what? What is Courtney having him doing now? Oh, my gosh. But yeah, so true. I think that's the thing for Carla to say, okay, let me take a deep breath. Let me remind myself. This sounds kind of funny, but sometimes I have to say to myself, it's not all about me. <laughs> like if somebody's in a mood or somebody feels a certain way, it's not all about me. I just have to keep and you that need to, to tell that other person, it's not all about you. Yes, like, yes. Don't make it it's about okay. you. Yes, it's not. I'm a yeah. mess. I am a hot mess right. over here. <laughs> and at least I know that. Find some acceptance there and just realize, oh, it's not me. I just married a lunatic. Right. This is just (laughs) how he is sometimes. It's okay. Because that's the thing. And try to look at something, again, spinning that and looking at the positive things. Sometimes I used to say, when you get annoyed by something that your partner does, like my husband leaving his little dirty socks around or something, (laughs) one day, because I was getting so aggravated, and I'm like, why does he keep leaving his dirty socks around? And finally, one day I went, okay, when I see dirty socks, that just means that I'm not alone in this journey. I have someone (laughs) alongside me. And it made me feel better. And now when I see 
it, I can embrace it in that way. So maybe it would be like about Carla. I see my miserable little Brian over there. That means I'm not alone in this world. And, and if Courtney <laughs> can embrace dirty socks. <laughs> Makes me feel better. Anybody who's single right now, there's hope for <laughs> It's all in how we look at it, folks. So that's the thing. I think in dealing with reality, too, it's all in how we look at it and how we choose to see what we can control and then letting go what we can't control. That doesn't mean we don't try to change things, that we don't try to make things better for ourselves. It just means that we don't have to come at it with all that anger and resentment because that actually just adds more when we have all that resistance that we have to deal with in the end. If I had a dirty sock puppet, he would say, I think this is a very productive discussion. I'm going to get the end of it with these dirty socks, am I? <laughs> yeah. Don't tell me anything about your personal life that you don't want me to know. But one thing about all of your lives mm-hmm. out there, if you want a personal connection mm-hmm. with Mrs. Dirty Sock over here. <laughs> you have access to her. We have a little something called Wellness Wednesdays that we yes, do we on do. our radio show. Mm-hmm. You can also check out those episodes online and they can email you through that. Yes. Wellness at WCTK.com. And you can come to our website, catcountry.com. We have a Wellness Wednesday page with resources for you, which is pretty cool. And you can listen to previous episodes of Wellness Wednesday. Oh, uh, we've got dysfunction all over the interwebs. <laughs> you can't escape it, people, but we also have solutions. Yes, we do. And hopefully that's what episode 22 of Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian mm-hmm. has been all about. Courtney, I can't wait to see what episode 23 brings. I know. I can't wait. Let's see how else I can screw up I, I from a behavioral reality perspective. To yeah. see what Brian's going to do. I'm Courtney's reality. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> hey, Courtney, thank you so much and thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.